straining, 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 yeah, straining, 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 yeah. Don't not get straining, but straining. Don't not get straining, but straining. Don't not get straining, but straining. You don't get shit straight, you don't straighten. In this gang, sit back, be patient. Niggas act like the game went vacant. Niggas act like some been taken. What? Ain't nothing but a little bit of straightening. Been kicking shit, popping out daily. On the island, it's a movie I'm making. What's up, y'all? It's your girl, Jess Rock, a.k.a. Jess, a.k.a. Jessie, a.k.a. Jessmine, a.k.a. Baldy, a.k.a. your favorite Baldy, a.k.a. the Faded Res. Ooh! Listen, you better get out of the way in 18 days because a stampede is coming, celebrating 110 years of scholarship, sisterhood, and service. Shout out to the greatest sorority, Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated, period. Listen, you are back, I'm back, we're back, and welcome to another episode of I'm Just Saying. Now, happy holidays to you. Uh, Happy Kwanzaa. Today is the first day of Kwanzaa. Um, so it's really exciting, but also it's time for another episode of I'm Just Saying. I feel like I need a theme song and perhaps that will be like my goal that I have in the next six months is to create a freaking theme song for my podcast because, uh, I sing, so why not? But in the meantime, we're going to talk about why I'm so glad Deion Sanders left Jackson State University. I'm so glad, I'm so glad, I'm... glad okay so you already know what to do if you've been here before but if this is your first time kicking it with your favorite girl in the world go grab your fruit snacks grab your what to my regulars apple juice that's right go grab your apple juice sit back kick your feet up and let's get into it hey <laughs> So let me preface this by saying at first I wasn't going to do a podcast episode on this. I mean, this exit to elevation has really had the football world talking I think like finally it just died down within the last few days I mean after the celebration bowl but the exit of Deion Sanders from Jackson State University which for the record I am a graduate student at Jackson State University um, pursuing a master of arts in history the exit of Deion from Jackson State rubbed a lot of people wrong in what I thought was weird in the beginning and weird is how I would describe it in a puerile manner but now the more I've sat on and thought about it it's just been for me a lot of opinions which I don't argue with those for the record um a lot of opinions were just due to ignorance ignorance as simple as people not knowing what um Coach Prime was up against in his coaching position. People not understanding HBCU culture. The good and the bad. 
people not understanding that the word historically in the acronym historically black college and university in the acronym hbcu rather um it it comes with good and bad y'all and the bad is the bad does not stop at the fact that we had to create schools on our own because the white people would not let us come to theirs that's not where the bad stops all right and anybody who understands hbcu culture knows that so what sparked me to have this conversation um was i watched an interview that i call him uncle dion him and my uncle are really good friends so i call him uncle dion um uncle dion did an interview with shannon sharp and there was a segment that i watched and he was and i if i'm not mistaken the segment was um you know how he felt about the reaction from his elevation and i'm going to continue to say that it was an elevation because it was and um you know one thing i have to say is that he's been consistent across the board in everything that he says um he was hired to be the football coach not the fixer of the institution as a whole yes resources were skimped everybody should know about the water problem that jackson mississippi has been having for decades for decades okay um and no support from upper level administration now that is a conversation for a whole nother day Mm-hmm. HBCU administration but and then also he did talk about um his coaches being paid more and in this segment um Uncle Dion goes into um some depth in terms of a number of things one thing he talks about was his conversation that he had with A.D. Robinson which shout out to Ashley Robinson he was A.D. when I was at Preview I've always loved A.D. Robinson he don't be acting brand new when he see me he's peeking you know that's all that matters to me so he's talking about how him and A.D. Robinson had a conversation and A.D. asked for three years coach prime left after three years so, like, that is a very small example that makes a big difference in the conversation of we don't really know what was going on behind closed doors. And so after I heard that, after I heard him consistently talk about coaches being paid more, and it wasn't even about exposure for the players either because I think he had all 32, I think he had scouts for all 32 NFL teams or something there. I'll have to go back and look at the video. But um, y'all know when I do these episodes, I'll be doing this stuff off the dome, but it's significant information and so that is what kind of pushed me to have this conversation one part of this conversation is going to be me just regurgitating a lot of stuff that people said another part of this conversation though is going to be the lesson and that's why we're really going to dig into hbcu culture for the people who don't know who are saying dion did this for the culture and dion did that for the culture you got to be talking about black culture you got to be talking about black culture because HBCU culture was here before Coach Prime got here. And the crazy part about it is when football season starts back up in the fall of 2023, the same culture is going to remain at all of these schools, all of them. So before I get too deep into that, let's shimmy on. Well, let's shimmy on to that. Let's talk about HBCU culture. Everybody who knows my soul, to all of those who came before me, my time is now, I'm gonna do it all over again. Ain't nothing going, nothing changed, I'm still gonna do it my way. Yeah. 
This one for the hood right here. Song dedicated anybody out there got some dreams. Don't give up on your dreams, real talk. You ready, Kish? Let's go. I think the funniest thing when having the discussion about HBCU culture is that people who really know the culture are almost afraid to talk about the bad because we've been plagued with so much bad. As a matter of fact, our roots are embedded in bad, or if that's what you want to call it. Historically, black colleges and universities were created simply because white people would not allow us to attend, us being black because I am black. I know you can't see me behind this microphone, but I'm a black woman with a short fade, and I have on hoop earrings, a nose ring in my left nostril, and some lip gloss right now that is smearing the top of this microphone but hbcus were created because we did not have opportunities created elsewhere in institutions that were already created for the opportunity that we wanted within that there is good and there is bad hbcu culture is phenomenal it's a family amongst a family. If you grew up with a black family, you're going to school, you're going to meet more cousins. Some of those are going to be brothers and sisters. Your professors are aunts and uncles. Administrators are like aunts and uncles as well, so on and so forth. But it is no surprise over the last couple of years when the whole George Floyd thing really just blew up. This is where we really started to pull back um, the veiling on what financial just disrespect I don't even want to call it um mismanagement I'm gonna call it financial disrespect by these HBCUs who have been consistently underfunded so money is a thing at HBCUs it really is uh Forbes um what's his name Hank Tucker and I think Susan Adams wrote an article. Yes, Susan Adams and Hank Tucker um, wrote an article in February of this year about how for about how America has cheated its black colleges, and that's the title of the article: "How America Cheated Its Black Colleges." And uh, the article stated so much. My goodness, but um, in the blurb before the article begins. I mean, it states it compared to their predominantly white counterparts, the nation's black land grant universities have been underfunded by at least clutch your pearls or your chain, ladies and gentlemen, $12.8 billion. But here's the kicker over the last three decades, three decades is only 30 years. I'm 28 years old. And over the last three decades, Black land-grant universities, a.k.a. HBCUs, okay, have been underfunded by at least $12.8 billion. Many are in dire financial straits and living under a cloud of violence. Y'all, it's crazy. But if you went to an HBCU, you know. So, um... They posted an image of a budget that was calculated. They said to calculate how much black land grant institutions have been underfunded by state government since 1987. To put that into perspective, my brother was born in 1987. We compared per pupil state funding of the predominantly white land grant schools with their counterpart HBCUs. Had they been funded equivalently, here's how much more each HBCU would have received in total adjusted for inflation. The largest HBCU, 
North Carolina State University, North Carolina A&T State University, excuse me. The amount that they're underfunded. Are we ready for this? Since 1987, this is what they calculated. Two billion seven hundred and fifty eight million six hundred and eighty three thousand forty four dollars. Two billion two point seven billion dollars. Florida A&M University and Tennessee State University, both underfunded amount, $1.9 billion. Southern University and A&M College in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, $1.3 billion. What are we talking about here, y'all? Prairie View A&M University, my alma mater, $1 billion, billion billion dollars but if you really want to get ignorant if you really want to get ignorant Alcorn State University in Lorman Mississippi underfunded by 306 million dollars 306 million 282,890 dollars do you know what Alcorn State can do with 306 million dollars in Mississippi University of Arkansas Pine Bluff, $457,535,855 underfunded. So they listed multiple HBCUs, North Carolina Central, Fort Valley State, Virginia State, Alabama A&M, um, um, South Carolina State, UMES, Langston in Oklahoma, um, Virginia State, Lincoln University, Missouri, Kentucky State, Delaware State, and I think uh, Central State. Central State and Delaware State, were there was actually no underfunded amount calculated. But nonetheless, okay, money has always been a thing. That should come as no surprise for anyone. But HBCU culture really, really, I mean, it really is rooted in family, it's rooted in tradition and culture and history because that's what it is. But it is the familial aspect. It's knowing that our institutions are consistently being and continually, consistently, all the time, whichever adjective you want to use to describe it. We are still making it without having it. That's why HBCU culture is so important from the inside because we know we may not have it all. But the experience that every single alumna, alumnus, all the alumni at the HBCUs experience is priceless. No amount of money, no amount of money, none, those of us who had a good experience, there's no amount of money that can change that. We came in, we were students, we were pupils, we were children of the HBCU, we were nieces, we were nephews, we were, I've already said it, we got a degree and we were not a statistic once we walked out, that culture did not start with Uncle Dion, and it's not going to end now that Coach Prime is gone. Now let's get into why I'm happy he left. Makes, makes, makes no difference what you're going through. Go DJ. You're going to make it. all going to see you through. Hold your head up. Put a smile on your face. Ooh, girl, it's DJ A-Twice. 
Now I'm from Dallas, Texas, Oak Cliff to be exact, Westmoreland G Lane. I grew up in the Park Village Apartments, which sits on the same side of the street and is the only apartment complex on the same side of the street as Ibach, Ricky Rush's church in the cliff. I used to catch the dart bus to go to school. I went to Kimball, graduated from Kimball High School. I caught the 548 from Redbird Mall all the way out there to 3606 South Westmoreland um, Road in Dallas, Texas. So I am from the cliff. All right. I, I make that point because prime prep, I believe it had two locations, but we were only talking about the one location. I remember when prime prep became a big deal. One of our coaches at Kimball actually left to go coach at prime prep. And he's, if I'm not mistaken, he's still one of like the hottest in the game right now, but prime prep was a big deal. And just as quickly as it went up, it went down. So the familiarity of 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 um, Coach Prime wanting to do the whole coaching thing and things like that, I was familiar with the rise and fall of Prime Prep Academy, and Prime Prep fell due to financial insolvency. That's just it. That's just it. All right. So I knew before I knew. I never knew um, Coach Prime as a star football player I didn't even start understanding how the game of football until this past season I'm be honest with you um and it was a coach who had to like he answered all my questions and God bless that man he's a Prairie View grad and he's an HBCU product and just God bless him because you know that's what we do we take our time out here but nonetheless I am glad that coach prime is gone I'm glad he's gone I'm glad he left. I'm glad he's gone because he deserved it. He deserved it. He deserved it. He, after hearing that Shannon Sharp interview, I mean, I mean, what can you really say? You can't really say anything. Eddie Robinson asked for three years, apparently, and Uncle Dion gave him three years. And here's the thing. In the last two years that he was here, we went back to back to the SWAC championship. Now I'm still, I'm still just a little bit bitter, okay? Because in 2021, when we played in the SWAC championship, it was Jackson State versus Prairie View, and I have never been so torn in my life. That's whenever I realized my heart was truly divided, right? But I was happy to see Jackson State play out here in Atlanta, which is where I live uh, for the Celebration Bowl. But for the last two years, he took us back to back to the SWAC championship, and he took us back to back to Celebration Bowl, and. This past season, 2022, uh, the Jackson State University football program received its first undefeated record in program history. Now, we hired this man to be the football coach. We did not hire him to be the associate AD of marketing. We did not hire him to be the associate AD of corporate sponsorships. We did not hire him to be the AD in general. We did not hire him to be the CFO for the institution. We did not hire him to be the marketing and comms director for the institution. And we damn sure didn't hire him to be the president of the institution. So my question is, why do we want him to stay? Why? He came in and as a football coach, said everything he was going to do, he did it. Why would we not want him to elevate? Furthermore, we don't know what was going on behind closed doors, but here's why we don't want him to elevate. 
This is that ugly side of HBCU culture. We are so used to people coming in and staying or coming, leaving, and coming back. Or, as I tweeted a couple of weeks ago, leadership in HBCUs recycling. And I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear about how this happens in higher education because I, that's, that's where my experience is. I know how it happens in, in higher education, right? But we have over 3,500 PWIs in America, and we only have 107 HBCUs. So the recycling is a lot more apparent and visible. Physically visible, aesthetically visible, and also visible based on the work that's getting or that's not getting done. But we'll save that conversation for, 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 for later. But we get comfortable with people coming into the culture who are not familiar with it. Okay? And then they come in. They do work productively and they get opportunities to expand. And that is all we should want. Because another part of the culture is talking about black people being better, doing better, having better. Well, now that you've got somebody who's done better, everybody's up in arms. For what? We did not hire this man to change the culture. We didn't hire him to carry it. And that's why I kept saying whatever's going on behind closed doors, which he ended up touching on a little bit is exactly why people being up in arms is just, it was ludicrous to me. I'm going to be that dramatic. It was ludicrous to me. Coach Prime did not have the HBCU experience. Yes, Talladega gave him the degree that he needed to get the job. But he joined a culture that he never really understood. So there was a lot to say about him talking up a big game and all this stuff. And I'm just like, well, when in Rome, don't you do what the Romans do? Now, it would be different if he was talking all this noise and he wasn't doing nothing like a certain school <clears throat> where, you know, I think a letter was removed from a helmet. Um, and that's our rival at Prairie View. So, of course, I had to hit on that. But he wasn't like he he was literally talking the talk and walking the walk. But what a lot of people who are spewing about this also either deliberately forgot or maybe they never knew, he had always said that he would entertain other offers, especially Power Five offers. What some of the things I was reading was people were saying that they didn't think he would leave when he did and the way he did, like he was rushing out. But... The end goal was always elevation. HBCU culture is everything we saw and heard, but it's also the idea that people come and stay for years and years when they don't have to. You are able to come to an HBCU, do a damn good job, and elevate. And here was the hypocrisy behind that. Because there was a lot of talk about athletes at HBCUs being able to be drafted into pro sports and things like that. But what was the difference about a coach doing the same thing? I don't believe that there's a difference in that. If you are doing the work to elevate, why not elevate? Now, people are not rallying behind them for their own reasons. And I understand it to each their own. But as for me, I'm going to be on the sidelines rooting for him and everybody that he took with him from an HBCU 
And then I'm also going to be rooting for both of my HBCUs and I'm going to continue to root for the HBCU culture. It was never perfect when he got here. It wasn't perfect while he was here. We were just able to see more and do more. But one monkey can't run no show. But one monkey can stop it. We'll get into that next. Before I begin this part, I want to make it very clear. What I'm about to say is not a jab at President Thomas Hudson at Jack State University or uh, A.D. Robinson, Ashley Robinson at Jack State University. This is a jab at HBCU culture. Yes, I'm going to do it. I can do it. I can't sit up here and talk about one side of it and not really talk about the other sides of it. And this is the part that a lot of people who are not within the culture don't know. And since I have a lot of people who listen to my podcast who are not within the culture, I need to make sure everybody has a clear understanding of what is going on. Multiple times, Coach Prime mentioned that he was hired to be the football coach and not to do other jobs safety regulations financial needs um academic needs resource connections all of that that is that that is not his job there are people at our in there are people at collegiate institutions post-secondary institutions that are hired to make sure that these things that these needs are being met by the students and the resources are being provided to the students if for some reason these resources and these needs are not being met there are people who take home a paycheck some monthly some semi-monthly to make sure that those institutions have what they need This goes back to the part of HBCU culture where people will come and stay for years and years because they get accustomed to where the bar is. I'm about to rub some people wrong, but we got to keep it real. The standard of professionalism in administration at HBCUs can be questionable. Not saying that it is. Not saying that it is everywhere. But it can be questionable. I know from both sides, from being a student, from being a student worker, and from being an employee working at HBCUs, everybody's genuine concern is not necessarily the student. Everybody's genuine concern is not necessarily the institution or said HBCU culture as a whole. I know so many who have those jobs because they can't go anywhere else. I know so many who have those jobs because of what the good old boy system, which includes women. I know so many who have those jobs because they knew somebody that knew somebody that knew somebody. I know so many who have those jobs who have questionable past. And I'm not judging anybody because I'm still young in this. But what I am saying is if somebody has already proven themselves to you professionally, why would you bring them back on a clean slate and allow them? to further spit gasoline on fire. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. What I realized in this conversation about Coach Prime leaving is there are a handful of people, I'm gonna say a lot of people, that have a very linear view of what this elevation looked like for him. Yes, he was bringing in all this stuff to Jackson State, There are people out there who said, 
that he was doing it big for the for all 106 schools and however many schools have football teams. If anything, this should have put fire under the other institutions. Y'all need to step y'all game up. Step it up. Period. Now, here's the thing. There's a culture shock coming for Coach Prime. I don't necessarily think it'll be a bad one either. The players that went with him, there's going to be a culture shock for them too. Because the thing is, you cannot get HBCU culture anywhere except where? At an HBCU. The band is not going to hit the same. The tailgate is not going to hit the same. The support on social media, yes, this is a thing. It's not going to hit the same. The love in general is not going to hit the same. The understanding is not going to hit the same. The support and the praise, it's not going to hit the same. It's not going to hit the same. Because at HBCUs, we love in a way that nobody else can. We love us in a way that nobody else can. So I'm glad uh, Uncle Dion left. I'm glad he's gone. He did a phenomenal job, and he was presented with an opportunity to do even better. And I can understand if this man had been selling us a dream, but he didn't. He always said he would entertain other offers, and he did. And he did. It sucked to see people kind of rally behind the whole... It was almost like they were heartbroken. Um, and, uh, again, I, I I know I don't think like most. And so I know that sometimes, you know, my perception of things could be a little skewed. But at the end of the day, it it is always about elevation. And if anything, you know, this should show that you can elevate out of HBCUs. This was a conversation that people wanted for players for years, and now that a coach does it, I think it's weird that there's so much that's being talked about. Players moving with him, okay? Let them move. This is their life, and they are going to learn through their experiences. I love the song, Love Under New Management. The very first line says, Experience is a good teacher. Experience is the best teacher. And those boys are going to learn. So I'm glad Dion left. Um, good riddance to him. And I'm going to, I'm really going to be watching. I'm going to be supporting. It was a great move for the culture. A great move for the culture. That is HBCU culture. y'all thank y'all so much for rocking with me on this episode of i'm just saying again i'm so glad that coach prime left and i'm super duper excited to see what coach tc is going to do i think an internal hire was the best move after something like this somebody who knows the program and it's even sweeter that you know he's an alum of jackson state so this year at jackson state is going to be really exciting to see coach tc to see coach tc um lead this team and i'm I'm just really looking forward to it. I ain't praying on nobody's downfall. I ain't praying on nobody's loss. Um, shout out to Uncle Dion. And I just hope that, you know, he continues in some way, shape, or form to take what he knows from being at the HBCU and just really, really, really 
remember it. Just never forget it. Whether you want to do some work with it or not, that's you. But I can't be mad at a black man elevating. I just, I can't be mad at that, regardless of how you feel. Um, Again, this is my opinion. I don't feel like you did anything wrong. This is not a conversation where you have to understand the game of football either. Um, you just you just have to understand HBCU culture. You just have to understand HBCU culture. And if you don't, then it really does become a baseless conversation because as a football coach, he has a phenomenal record at Jackson State. And those are the facts. <laughs> those are the facts so again thank y'all so much for tuning in listen as my nephew my baby one of the many loves of my life Joelle Jones always says peace and love holla